You're listening to the Lawyers with Purpose Practice Success Podcast, hosted by Lisa Rozier, featuring attorney Dave Zampano, along with frequent guests. Whether you're a seasoned estate planning attorney, an attorney looking to add estate planning and elder law to your existing list of practice areas, or you're just starting out, this podcast will give you a solid plan for success. Listen now as Dave and his guests share their personal journeys to practice success and the insights they learned along the way. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Practice Success Podcast. I'm Lisa Rozier, joined with Dave Zampano. And for all of our listeners out there, I'm sure you heard this episode with when we had special guest uh, Michael Rakowski, and he put us up to the three-episode challenge, I think it is. Yeah, that's, that's, well, that's right. So today is second series with Mike Rakowski. And for those of you that are listening, um, it is the Rakowski Law Firm. Uh, Mike, thanks for coming back today. Yeah, thank you again for having me. Again, I'm hoping to, let's, let's, let's do this a lot. Yeah, yeah. well, Mike, in the last call, Mike, you really shared how you started your practice and kind of the road and when you when you got introduced to systems and processes and and how that really brought you from a four to five hundred thousand dollar firm to a multi-million dollar firm yep. with multiple locations. And that's just when we ran out of time. So we said, hey, can we have you back? And you said, I'm back. And uh, you agreed to do a second episode. And I said, all right, if we do the second, I'm going to ask you to do a third. So uh, this episode, I think we committed to finding out what was the journey like? Because Practice Success Podcast, Mike, like you know, have people that were you once were and are trying to get where you are now. And there's places you're trying to go from where you are. Sure. You know, there's an old saying, the skills to get you out of Egypt are not the skills to get you to the promised land, which means I've always taken that to mean no matter how far we've made it, whatever we've done to make it is not what we're going to ultimately use to get us to where we're going. We'll use some of it, um, but it, we always have to be lifetime learners. So this concept, you really got profitable. Your your firm was growing. And I think the last thing we talked about in the last episode was how you started getting multiple locations. So at LWP, we call that you've gone from profitable to robust. So have our listeners kind of understand what the world looked like to you at the time and what it looks like to you now looking back. Yeah, sure, sure. Absolutely. So just to kind of bring everyone back up to speed, um, I was running one office and we were doing a mid multi hundred thousand dollar firm. And we wanted to to expand. We were recognizing that uh, clients like to be kind of within 10 miles of the office because at that point in my career, everything was done in the office, right? So like you got to be close to the office. So we ended up opening a second office, which really wasn't a second office because I'm just driving back and forth like crazy. Yeah, I'd meet some clients in my one office in the morning. I'd meet other ones in the other one in the afternoon. And so I'm like, fake it till you make it a little bit like we had the the two offices but what what really from that point sparked the growth I feel was just the systems and processes around workshops seminars and getting out in the public leveraging time and educating educating people and that's where in that year with the two offices we went from a mid hundred thousand dollar firm to we almost broke two million in that year, just from this repeatable model we noticed. And we didn't even know it was happening until it was going on for like six to nine months. We're like, oh my gosh, if you spend, this was like my first introduction to like metrics and processes. If you spend X on uh, workshops, this amount of people come in, 
this amount of people make appointments and this amount of people. It's like this magical math problem. And Mike, you said that in episode one. I just want to highlight, while that sounds strange, you know, it's been a core principle. Anyone who's read the e-myth, metrics are, are really critical and they really help you project, right? Most lawyers, they figure out how they did at the end of the month. How did I do? But with metrics, and again, through systemization, you actually know what's going to happen based on metrics. So, so that's kind of cool. And that's how you got profitable. And then you realize, hey, this has worked so well here. Now I'm going to do it again in another office. So here's what I want to ask you a question as you open your second office, because I know you have more than that now. You use the phrase second office. Mm -hmm. So there's a phrase called second office versus satellite. So how do you distinguish? Have you heard the phrase, I opened a satellite office versus I opened a second office? How yeah. would you distinguish the two? Yeah, I would say uh, it, it was kind of a hybrid between the two at the time. But how I would distinguish the two is a satellite, there's like no staff at. And it's a place where you're willing to go and meet people. You know, There's an opportunity to use it for, for Google as well. But I was, we were running kind of a hybrid where I had staff at both, but I was the only attorney. So I was kind of bouncing. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah. So you had basic staff at the, at the one location. You had your main staff. And again, I know in my past, we did all our drafting out of the main office. We did all the main heavy lifting, but we kept a client service person at each of the satellite offices. Um, so there was actually a live presence there for people to walk in all week long. So you and I are on the same page there. So as you're growing these satellites or remote offices, um, new additional offices, tell, tell our listeners, you know, kind of what's going on in your head and how things evolved. Yeah, so I'm just, uh, I'm using the model of, you know, if we do this amount of workshops, it can feed, you know, it can get this amount of appointments and keeping the attorney busy in each location was, you know, the idea at the time. And so at that time, we were running this model that Lawyers with Purpose taught us of having a client service coordinator, an attorney, um, and a uh, funding coordinator in each of the offices. So that that is how we staffed each one accordingly. And then that attorney was going to be in charge of going out and doing workshops. And so right. we were doing about eight to 10 workshops per month at that point in time to get up to that, that revenue of approaching $2 million. Yeah. And um, then what happened from there? Um, interestingly enough, COVID hit. <laughs> so, you know, All our world changed. I know everything changed, right? Um, and I would attribute our use of EOS to being able to pivot so quickly to come up with, you know, how are we going to do this? How are we going to service our clients? At that point in time, 85 plus percent of all of our revenue was generated from these in-person workshops to people coming into the office, going through our process completely in person. And now it's like, okay, this ship's going down. Yeah. yeah. Unless we figure out something else, this ship's going down. And we quickly pivoted, came together. We just did one of our normal leadership meetings. It was just a little longer that day. And we came up with a model to serve families virtually. And we haven't looked back. You know, Mike, an, an interesting question came up this week on the listserv. And it was a great question because somebody raised EOS. Lawyers of Purpose is an EOS company, Entrepreneur Operating System, Gino Wickman, the mm -hmm. founder of that concept. Uh, I know Gino. And phenomenal, actually great system. And one of the questions raised on the listserv was, should I do EOS? And if so, when? Right? So I'd love your opinion. Yeah. And when you think it's appropriate for <laughs> someone 
to to consider that EOS because again, what we do is we operate LWP under the EOS model up until the point when the firm really wants to really commit to it at a whole other level. But what are your thoughts? Yeah, you know, um, the short answer is yes. I feel like everyone can learn something from the principles. Like everyone hands down should read the book Traction. And there's, you know, Scaling Up is a very similar model to it. I don't think this is anything new. It's just packaged in a slightly different way. But, you know, a couple factors maybe play into this. The amount of employees, um, the amount of locations, because I could see even a small staff, this was the problem I was having, is a relatively small staff, but because we're spread out in two locations, like no one's communicating properly, we're not, we don't have a set time that we're going to deal with issues. So my half of my day is spent with someone coming into my office, putting out fires, duct tape and rubber banding all these problems. <laughs> I mean, that was literally you gotta have a roll of duct tape and a bag of rubber bands. I love yeah, it. Yeah, that was life. And as soon as we just became a, a consistent yeah. meeting process, that changed everything for, for yeah. us. Just and, and yeah, so to standard, we've always taught that the profitable model, remember under the profitable model, firms should be getting to somewhere between 75 and hundred thousand dollars a month of revenue with one attorney and one to three staff. I know it sounds crazy for listeners. I'm like, how can you do that? But that's the model. It's, it's so many attorneys have done it. You've done it, Michael. And so we've always said EOS is great when you hit robust, right? When you start to grow out of that one to three staff and that one attorney, you start to get four, five, six staff to really keep that communication. It's a great model. And it's very complimentary to the systems that you have, as you know. So mm-hmm. you're getting robust now. You're, you're pounding the pavement. Um, how many offices are you up to currently? So we're up to, we have five offices, but that's completely different than it used to look like. Right. Post-COVID, what's it look like? Yeah, post-COVID, it's five offices that are really just used for, they're more like closet space, used for Google purposes. And now we serve the entire state from, you're talking to me at my house. And so every, we have now employees in Colorado, uh, the UP Upper Peninsula in Michigan. Florida, Texas. So the the talent pool for us has uh, immensely increased and everyone just absolutely loves, you know, the team that we've built. Now we've lost some people because some people wanted to be in person and we've now restructured a team of of people who who absolutely enjoy this. And it's just been incredible. Yeah, it was funny. Our most recent taper, uh, one of our members uh, has really, I got to tell you, I, I, um, my team here at LDB did a great job. They really had a great talent pool of trainers and they had one of our members teach a program on building a virtual law practice. This attorney of ours is one of our most successful members. He had 19 employees of which I think he said 13 were virtual. And of those, I think eight or nine didn't even, were not even in his state. And he ran a local law practice where he was generating all of his revenue. I think that's a testament to systems and processes. Oh, sure. the, so what do you say about that? But here, let, let's do this. Cause like you're a high energy guy, people are jumping. I mean, I get excited listening to you. You know, for those people, let's take a step back. Let's, let's, Turn the camera around and look back for you now. You see where you are. You're fully robust. You're going to be hitting in the e-freedom. I told you if we do this session, we're going to do a third session on e-freedom. But as you look back 
and you think back of that, you know, before you hit the five hundred thousand dollar mark, you know, a year, you know, I think most lawyers in the early career they get up to a hundred thousand, one hundred fifty thousand, and they're making a little bit of money, and they try to get the two hundred. Then, then there's a first bump that you get to three hundred, and then the next bump is five hundred, then the next bump is like seven fifty, and then a million. Look back and think about all the different people who are listening now, and, and just what words of wisdom. Uh, or encouragement can you give them, you know, as they take from where they are to where they want to go? I think, uh, you know, looking back and some of the things that I might have done differently, like financial controls, you know, there's some things that I could have put in place much earlier, which would have just made a, a faster route to where I am today. One of those being financial controls. A book I highly recommend is Profit First. You've probably read it, right. but it's a great way to very easily think about that stuff if you're not a very, and I'm not, I'm not a very financially savvy type person, budgets and all that. I'm like, yeah, what is that? My, I just look at my bank account. So right. financial controls, get those. We used to call that money in the checkbook rule. If there was money in the checkbook, you did it. If there wasn't, you didn't oh. do it, right? Yeah. <laughs> that was exactly how I lived my life. Yeah. And so, I mean, to that, to that point, we grew to almost $2 million. And I think my take home that year was like 150. It was well, just- my, I got to pause you there, Michael. That's huge. I can't tell you the thousands of attorneys I've worked with over the last 20 years, that's the number one mistake they made. I had a coach back in 1999, told me three critical words, pay yourself first. Now lawyers always pay themselves last, right? But here's a key concept. I don't know if you've ever done, uh, I know you probably have done our revenue, our, our revenue focuser, um, where we actually, and that's a tool anyone can get online, but that tool is critical because the very first thing it says is, what's your overhead? What does it cost you to, you know, to pay the bills every month? And then the second line item says, how much money do you want to make? You add those two together, then that becomes your budget, what you're playing revenue to, that becomes your baseline. You've got to be paid. Who wants to get up and go? I mean, how do you go home to your, to your spouse and kids and not be paid for the work you're doing? But like you said, Mike, the other side of it is the extreme, right? What I call the quick start. You're probably up there in quick start if anyone knows the Colby Index. You're like me. We write checks. We throw $2 million firm under our model. You're netting a million under the models when they're followed. So I think your point about, we call it financial discipline at Lawyers with Purpose, really having that financial discipline to understand how to build in a, again, dollar for them, dollar for you along the way. So I love that. I think that's a great insight. What are some other insights back to someone who's kind of making their what, way? What, you know, in, in, in having read Traction, and again, even if you're a solo practitioner, it's a great read. Just setting your core values, like what you want to focus on and don't really chase the shiny objects, you know, like really, because the, the faster you can narrow what you love to do, the faster that area is going to grow. Because I originally practiced in what I like to call rent law. I think we maybe talked about yeah. this, where it's yeah. like anything to pay the bills. All that's doing is distracting me from marketing in the area I love to practice, uh, getting better at the area I love to practice. So it was just really holding me back. I wish I would have just, you know, I, well, I think Warren Buffett said it, one of the greatest sayings, I live by it. Uh, I'm pretty sure it was Warren Buffett. If not, you can Google it and see. But he said, your greatest success in life will come from what you say no to. 
Oh, I was just going to say as that. much as what from what you say yes to. And, and it really is. It's it's when you stop all that other stuff, it really increases your focus in the areas you love. And when you do it, I think we talked about who-ness in the first episode. When you're working in your who-ness, it's easy and fun. And, um, you know, I think I think that's the critical piece. And like time goes by quickly and you're like, wow, like this should be illegal. I'm having so much fun and making money and helping so many people. And that's another thing, Mike right? A lot of lawyers feel guilty about making money. Our answer is to make as much money as you can, then give away as much as you want. But making money is a sense of your value you're providing to the world. That's third party telling you your value. What say you? Yeah. And so to add to your no point, as soon as I realized that, and we started telling people no, and we're in, you know, call it sales meetings, initial consultations, and you're actually like telling them that like, we're also looking to see if this is a good fit for us. People start like begging you to do work for them. It's absolutely crazy, the psychology behind it, but I couldn't agree with you more. You got to start saying no, and it just makes you feel so good. And then the last thing, because I know we're running out of time on this one is treat your law firm like a business. We are not special as lawyers. We are not like, we don't run this like really special thing. If you can start from the beginning, knowing that it's just a business with all the same problems, issues, and things you need to work on that any other business has, I think you're just way ahead of any other, anyone out there. I think that's sound. That's so sound because, and I'll tell you why, and Lisa, this is something you may or may not relate to. When you go to law school and, they they put this thing in you that we're professionals, quote unquote. You know, we have these rules of ethics. We absolutely do. There's no question. That's an element of our business, right? That's one of the things we have to look at in our business. We have to be ethically compliant. That's all normal business stuff. So I think you're spot on, Michael, which is, hey, be financially disciplined, right? Know when to say no. Um, and and I think that the critical piece is the who-ness. And I think I think that's a good segue into into um, the next episode when we meet with you again. We'll want to talk about who-ness and how important that is in getting the entrepreneurial freedom and how important it's played a role in getting from uh, profitable to robust and now robust to e-free. So Lisa, I give it All back right. to you to tell us how, well, again, where are we going, how are we get again, there. Again, another great conversation. And for our listeners, if you did not check out the first conversation with Mike Rakowski, you can always go to our website, lawyerswithpurpose.com, click on the practice success podcast, and you'll be able to catch Mike's first episode along with a plethora of other um, attorneys that have come on and shared their stories and some other individual fun conversations as well with just Dave and I. So um, again, it's lawyerswithpurpose.com, click on the practice success podcast button. And Michael, once again, thank you for joining us. It's always, uh, it's been fun. Yeah, my pleasure being here. Looking forward to the next one. All right, sounds good. Everyone have a great day. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Practice Success Podcast. Visit www.lawyerswithpurpose.com slash podcast to listen to other episodes and to subscribe. We'll see you next time.